Well, today is October 14th, and you're listening to Born on This Day podcast. I'm Marco Timpano. I'm Amanda Barker. And thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, for making us part of your day. And guess what else you get to make part of your day today? What, Amanda? Dessert. Yes. Make time for dessert because October 14th is National Dessert Day. Let them eat cake. One of my favorite expressions from uh, <laughs> the French Revolution. Of course. Um, it holds true, of course, on October 14th in the best possible way. Cool, Amanda. Yeah. So go ahead and pick up some donuts. Um, you know, go to that vegan cupcake shop sure. that you've been eyeing and you need an excuse. Today is your excuse because October 14th is National Dessert Day. Yum. And if you were born on October 14th, you are intelligent, diplomatic, and concerned with your image. Uh, people born today have a flair for expressing themselves and are masters of communication. People born uh, today, Amanda can appear lighthearted, yet they are serious at their core. They display a warm personality. Oh, that's wonderful. And I see here that they're also very diplomatic and intelligent. Yeah. Well, that's good to know and certainly true for our first uh, celebrant. Actually, one of my personal faves. I remember her a lot from... She did so many supporting guest starring, guest starring roles in the 80s, uh, and we know her from a lot of other things. But we first noticed Lori, Pe- Lori Petty on a biggest scale. I remember she had been on a lot of things at that point. She played a supporting role in the Catherine Bigelow film Point Break. She was scruffy. She had that voice, those piercing blue eyes. And then she made her most famous role as uh, Gina Davis's younger sister, Kit, in, of course, 1992's A League of Their Own. So if you know her from anything, it's probably from that. I remember her being in Tank Girl as well. Right, she was right. the lead in that. Um, she's been in Free Willy, um, the independent film Relax, It's Just Sex. And if you don't remember her in any of these things, if you watch Orange is the New Black on Netflix, she is lolly. And she's really great on that. And I think that's given her a nice uh, revival sort of of her career. Anyway, she was born on this day in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1963. Ben Wishaw graduated from RADA and made his first film in 1999, eventually finding his way to stardom with the lead role in the 2006 film Perfume, the Story of a Murderer, followed by playing one of the many Bob Dylans in the Todd Haynes film I'm Not Here. He played Keats in Jane Campion's Bright Star, whose score was composed by his husband, Mark Bradshaw, played Ariel in Julie Tamor's The Tempest, and took over the role of Q in the James Bond franchise in 2012, uh, the, blo- the blockbuster we know as Skyfall. He's the voice of Paddington in the two hit British uh, films. He also won a Golden Globe uh, for the miniseries A Very English Scandal and was born on this day in Clifton, England in 1980. I love that he's Wishaw and his husband is Bradshaw. That's pretty great. They must call themselves the Shaws. Speaking of James Bond, by the way, and uh, Skyfall, Roger Moore was one of the actors considered for the role of Ian Fleming's super spy when the team at Eon Films was casting the first 007 adventure, Dr. No. But he was busy starring on the television series The Saint, for which he appeared on eight seasons, having already played a role on the shows Maverick and Ivanhoe. 
After Sean Connery left the franchise in 71, Moore was offered Bond again and this time was able to say yes, becoming the third actor to play him and appearing in more films in the role than any others, seven actually in total, beginning with Live and Let Die in 72 and ending with A View to a Kill in 85. Along the way, he also appeared in Folks, The Cannonball Run, and Boat Trip, plus contributed his voice to two animated films that have not yet been released. Oh, how exciting. He was born on this day in London, England in 1927. He died in 2017 at the age of 89. So he died in 2017, but he's he's in two films that have, have yet to come out. Yeah, his voices. Yeah, I wow. guess they're working on that. He he was my favorite Bond. Oh, he, really? He wasn't in Skyfall, in case people... No, 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 I just I was making that connection. Yeah, yeah. but um, he... Who was in Skyfall? Um, what's uh, his name, the Daniel? Blonde guy, Daniel, Daniel um, that guy. Daniel, Daniel, that guy. Daniel, you know, Daniel. Who's Who's... Bill Bill's favorite uh, Sean Connery. I yeah, me yeah. too. He also likes, um, strangely enough, he likes the one I like least. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Sean uh, Connery is my favorite, but I don't really mm-hmm. have a horse in the Bond race, you know. Yeah. Uh, what's the one I, I like least? I forget his name now. Um, that's how little I like him. Um, I don't not know. Pierce Bronson, the other guy. Oh, I forgot about Pierce Bronson. Uh, what's Daniel's name? Um, you, well, I'll keep going okay. and you can find that because I do love our next celebrant a lot. Steve Coogan created the cal- character of Alan Partridge as a parody of BBC television presenters, playing him on the series Knowing Me, Knowing You, and then the show I'm Alan Partridge in the late 90s. He made his first acclaimed film performance as real-life television presenter Tony Wilson in 24-Hour Party People before starring in the remake of Around the World in 80 Days, the adaptation of Tristram Shandy, Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette and Armando Iannucci's In the Loop. His television specials that follow him and Rob Brydon as they eat the finest foods around the world have been turned into four hit films called The Trip. I quite love them and I'd like to revisit them actually. And he received an Oscar nomination for the screenplay of the film Philomena, in which he also starred. He recently played Stan Laurel in a biopic of Laurel and Hardy. So you might know him from that. And he returned to Alan Partridge on a series released in 2019. He was born on this day in Manchester, England in 1965. A Bond update. So Daniel Craig is the one who we're trying oh to gosh. think of his name. I wanted to say Radcliffe. Yeah, no- me too. <laughs> knowing that that's wrong, but still that's the only Daniel that was coming to mind. And Timothy Dalton is my least favorite Bond that Bill uh, doesn't didn't mind. Um, so it goes Sean Connery, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, and then Daniel Craig? Am I missing one? It, yeah, it actually goes, uh, it, I believe it goes like this. Uh, George Lazenby, who played Bond in one film. Oh, really? Yeah, on, his majesty, on Her Majesty's uh, Secret Service. Okay. I think uh, David Niven played uh, Bond in Casino Royale, like the first version. Okay. I could be wrong on that. Yeah. And uh, Barry Nelson played him and Johnny Walker played him. But I could be wrong with those two. Those oh, are the ones I'm thinking. I'd have to do a little bit more research. Well, but... I mean, I don't, I'm not the person to talk. I enjoy a Bond film, but none of them stick for me. Fair enough. Greg Evigan became first known for his role as BJ in BJ and the Bear um, in the late 70s. I used to watch that as a kid, Amanda. I used to love it. It was about a a rig driver who had a monkey or a chimp as his uh, sidekick. Mm. Uh, Then he had successful shows with My Two Dads. Which lasted four seasons in the late eighties. Do you remember so him? So PJ and the bear was the bear was a monkey. Yeah, the bear was a monkey. Was oh, a, was, an, was okay. a chimp, I believe. Yeah. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Since then, he has appeared on Melrose Place and General Hospital. He was born on the day in South Amboy, New Jersey, in nineteen fifty-three. Oh, 
interesting. Udo Kier became famous for his appearances in the Andy Warhol-produced cult classics of the 70s, Blood for Dracula and Flesh for Frankenstein, and has made a number of appearances that appear to his cultish fame since, including a role in My Own Private Idaho, Madonna's Deeper and Deeper video, Breaking the Waves, and last year's art house hit, and last year's art house hit, Barakurao, which I know I'm saying wrong because I've said it wrong before. His massive, his massive filmography that currently rests at 267 credits on IMDb. Top that. Wow. Wow. It does not... Uh, it does include, actually, some mainstream stuff as well, like the Michael J. Fox comedy for Love or Money. I don't remember that one. Mm, ba- vaguely remember. And okay. the Alexander Payne film Downsizing. I do remember that. But it's likely that his roles in films like Nymphomaniac are what he's going to be best remembered for in the years to come. And he was born on this day in Cologne, Germany in 1944. Harry Anderson made a few appearances on SNL that led him to being cast as Harry the Hat on the sitcom Cheers. Hmm. After one season on that show, he left to take over the lead role on Night Court, which lasted nine oh, seasons yeah. Yeah, and earned him three Emmy nominations and is the reason why everyone like my age knows Mel Torme because he was um, the character that Harry Anderson played on Night Court. He was a big fan. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, Harry Anderson himself was a huge fan of Mel Torme. Right. Anderson- God, I love Night Court. Court. Yeah. That was a fun show. Yeah, he later returned to Cheers as a guest and had other successes on shows like Dave's World, which lasted five se- seasons. He starred in the television adaptation of Stephen King's It. Oh. And, yeah. And his uh, last film was A Matter of Faith in 2014, before his death of a stroke at 2000, in 2018 at the age of 65. That's sad. Yeah. He was born on this day in Newport, Rhode Island in 1952. I just remember him as a kid. I used to like him because he was so... Funny and he was and, big. He was a big guy, right? Yeah. No, yeah. He, no, that's Bull. You're thinking of oh, the. Oh, I am thinking Bull. He played the judge. Harry Anderson played the oh, judge. He always did magic. Yeah. And he kind of. Oh, like, that's he, sad that he died. Yeah, he had a likable way. He about was him. very likable. Yeah. He had almost like, um, almost like a Dana Carvey or David Spade kind of yes. more David and Carvey, more of that yeah. really likable guy, the guy you wanted in the room for sure. Yeah, he was really funny as the judge on Night yeah. Court. Oh, I didn't realize. I was mm-hmm. thinking, I really was thinking Bull. Yeah. Um, but he's just was a likable guy. And Night Court, If I don't know if it's, does it exist in, you know, can you download it Probably, anywhere? Probably, I'm sure. I never missed an episode right. of Night Court. I just loved that. I forgot how much I loved that mm-hmm. show, actually, talking about it. Well, another uh, another person who was raised in Chattanooga, Tennessee, like fellow celebrant uh, Lori Petty, which is quite specific uh, Chattanooga is a great place, by the way. Usher is an American singer, songwriter, actor, businessman, and dancer. He was born in Dallas, Texas, but as we said, raised in Chattanooga before moving to Atlanta, Georgia. At the age of 12, his mother put him in a local singing competition before catching the attention of a music A&R from LaFace Records. He released his self-titled debut album, Usher, in 1994. That's right, he was quite young. Yeah. And he rose to fame in the late 90s with the release of his second album, My Way, in 97. And it actually sold 8 million copies worldwide and won his first two Grammy Awards as Best Male R&B Vocal Performance in 2002 and 2003. Usher has sold 23.8 million albums and 38.2 million digital songs. That's people that have bought the 99 cent record, if you want to call it that, or track 
on their Apple Music or what have you. Wow, that's amazing. Internationally, that's just in the U.S. Internationally, he sold 80 million records worldwide, making him one of the best-selling music artists of all time. And he was born on this day in 1978. He also discovered, in a in a weird way, uh, Justin Bieber. Maybe he didn't discover him because Usher? Scooter Braun discovered Justin yeah, Bieber. Yeah. But it was because of Usher right. that he became a phenomenal. He because, helped him. Yeah, there was yeah. a connection there. Did they collaborate on something? I think they they did, but it was Usher who saw his talent and said, "Okay, this guy's got to oh. be signed and he's got to be repped." And he kind mm. of guided his career. So, so so interesting. Yeah. Lillian Gish was one of the biggest stars of the silent era, Amanda, appearing oh, wow. in many of the films of D.W. Griffith, including the notoriously um, infamous film Birth of the Nation in 1915, which he defended as not being a racist film until her death, if you can believe it. Was it racist? The Birth Huge. of the Nation? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh, all yeah. KKK. Like, it's all, like, sort of... Oh, gosh. Yeah. Eesh. Her career as a star waned in the sound era, but she continued to appear in movies for decades, earning an Oscar nomination for Duel in the Sun in 1946, starring Robert Altman's, she starred in Robert Altman's A Wedding in 1978, and winning the National Board of Review Award for Best Actress in 1987 at the tenderest age of 93 for her performance in The Whales of August. Some say the tenderest of them all. Yes. What a great film, The Whales of August. <laughs> I was going to say The Age of 93. She was born on this day in Springfield, Ohio in 1893 and died in 1993 at the tender age of 99. Oh, I thought she died at 93. No, no. that's when she That's when She, she won, won her Best Actress Award. Yeah. Wow. Good for her. Yeah. Wow, 93 and you're winning, you're winning not an Oscar, but a Best Actress for National Board of Review. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Pretty incredible. Well, Rick Avales is the actor that Marco confused with Luis Guzman on a previous episode of Born on This Day. I do remember that. Avales, and I hope I'm saying it right, is a stand-up, uh, was a stand-up uh, comedian and playwright who hosted Showtime at the Apollo in 1987. He's most famous for his role as Willie Lopez in the mega-hit film Ghost. So he was the one who played the um, the killer. Yeah. Or not the killer, but the... Well, the one who actually killed um, Patrick Swayze. Spoiler alert. Tony Goldwyn. If you haven't seen Ghost at this point, though, it's on TV every other day. So he also appeared in Awakenings, Waterworld and Green Card before his death from AIDS in 1995. He was just 42 years old and he was born on this day in New York in 1952. David Strickland was a promising young actor who had a short run on Mad About You before scoring success on the sitcom Suddenly Susan, Mm. during which he also appeared in films Forces of Nature with Sandra Bullock. Don't you remember? that film. Do you remember it? No. Uh, In his personal life, he suffered from bipolar disorder and struggled with his mental health for most of his adult life, devastating his co-stars when he took his own life in Las Vegas Motel in 1999 when he was only 29 years old. He was born on this day in Glen Clove, Long Island in 1969. It's so sad. I remember when he killed himself. It was such a sad morning when everybody found that out. Mm -hmm. I wonder what the proportion is of People who kill themselves in hotels and motels. I know. It, I think it seems it's like there's high. a lot. Yeah. And I wonder why that is if it just, you feel so isolated there. Or, uh, anyway, um, Dwight D. Eisenhower was born in Denison, Texas in 1890. If you didn't know, he was an American politician and soldier who served as the 34th president of the United States 
from 1953 to 1961. Those were some years, man. During World War II, he became a five-star general in the Army and served as Supreme Commander of the Allied Expeditionary Force in Europe. He was responsible for planning and supervising the invasion of North Africa in Operation Torch in 19... That's quite a name, Operation Torch, 1942 to 43, and the successful invasion of Normandy in 1944 to 45 from the Western Front. He began chain-smoking cigarettes at West Point when he studied there, often three or four packs a day. Wow. It's going to catch up with you. On the morning of March 28, 1969, it surely did. He died of congestive heart failure at the Walter Reed Army Medical Center, although he was 78, so he, he lived a good long life. and Considering how much he smoked. Well, yeah, it probably kept him thin, and he had a lot of stress going, so, you know. Listen, Barack Obama smoked for at least for a while. So This podcast does not condone smoking or recommend <laughs> it, despite what Amanda's currently Keeps saying. Keeps you thin, <laughs> okay. say me and the Greeks. <laughs> oh, man. Robert Weber was a face you knew even if you didn't know his name. In his early career, appearing in notable roles in The Dirty Dozen and Harper, later in Midway, Private Benjamin, and Blake Edwards, 10. In the late 80s, he had a short arc on the hit series Moonlighting before his death in 1989 at the age of 64. He was born on this day in Santa Ana, California in 1924. Natalie Maines is one of three women who make up what was formerly known as the Dixie Chicks, now known as the Chicks, joining the band in 1995 after the other two members parted ways with the original lead singer, Laura Lynch. The band, who opened this year, who this year announced they will be better known, of course, as I said, as the Chicks, sang the hits Wide Open Spaces, I Can Love You Better, and Ready to Run, winning 10 Country Music Association Awards and 13 Grammys. But let's get to the good stuff. They saw their popularity plummet with their mainstream American fan base when a video of Maine's criticizing George W. Bush was circulated in 2003 and led to boycotts. I mean, it was phenomenal of the band's music on radio stations around the country. And if you haven't seen it, do check out the documentary by Barbara Koppel called Shut Up and Sing, followed the, which followed the Dixie Chicks on tour following the controversy. And then they released another album in 2006, which won five Grammy Awards. Um, one of my favorite songs is is I'm Not Ready to Make Nice. Oh, yeah. That's it's great. such a good song. If you're angry at someone, if you're in the middle of a dispute of any kind, it is one of my favorite songs when you're like, you know, I might forgive you, but I'm not going to forget, and I'm not ready to make nice. It's so great. Anyway, it means a lot to a lot of people. They've won five Grammy Awards, and Maine's actually recorded a solo album in 2013, but... Listen, they got back together and re- and released another fantastic song called Gaslighter. Um, I guess I like the, the chicks more than I realized. Anyway, uh, Natalie Maines was born on this day in Lubbock, Texas in 1974. Don't turn that page, Amanda, because okay. I have a question for you. Oh, righty. Do you know who Ralph Lifshitz is? He was born in the Bronx in 1939. The only Lipschitz I know, Lifschitz or Lifschips? Lifschitz. Because there's Lipschitz is is a name in Chicago, right. uh, but that's the only way I would recognize it, and it's not even the right name. So No. I well, don't know. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> Ralph Lifschitz is better known to us as 
Ralph Lauren. No. Yes. Okay, you can maybe. Turn the page now yeah, if you want. That's amazing. He's an American fashion designer, philanthropist, and billionaire businessman. Now I'm just going to say these shoes are lift shits. Yeah, you might as well. <laughs> Best known for the Ralph Lauren collection, a global multi billion dollar enterprise, he became well known for his collection of rare automobiles, some of which haven't been displayed or which have been displayed in oh. muse- museum exhibits. Yeah. He was well known. I didn't know that. I guess. Yeah. I didn't know that. I know him for his fashion and nothing. His daughter run some sort of like candy franchise. Yeah, it's yeah. called um, what is her name? While you're thinking Joey's of Joey's Candy or something. Right. Yeah. Lauren stepped down as CEO of the company in September of 2015, but remains executive chairman and chief creative officer. As of 2019, Forbes estimates his wealth at 6.3 billion, which makes Ralph Lauren the 102nd richest person in America. Oh, I'm trying to remember what her name is um it's something like joey's candy or okay. stephanie's candy it doesn't really matter it's one of her names oh that's you'll see it it's in airports everywhere dylan's candy bar yeah. okay what did i say joey joey's, <laughs> stephanie yeah. well i love our next celebrant might be my favorite on the list uh even though she's done nothing to deserve my love other than just existing lourdes leon was one of the most famous people in the world before she was ever born sure enough she was the slightly visible first as the baby bump being sported by her mother madonna in the film evita i mean was she visible i mean madonna is just so skinny so i guess I guess she was. Anyway, she was declared one of the most powerful people in Hollywood within months of her birth and grew up to make good on the promise. She studied dance, attended Michigan University. She started her own fashion line. She directed a campaign promotion for the Adidas collection by Stella McCartney this year. And she was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1996. So she hasn't been on this planet too long, but she certainly made an impact. She's kind of cool. Really cool, beautiful, and I'm yep. interested to see where she goes in life. It'd be interesting to see if she follows Stella McCarthy's path and becomes a fashion mogul, mm, like you know, yeah. daughter of one of the greatest uh, musicians I mean, she and has writers, every right songwriters. To. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yep. If you had all the money in the world, what would you do? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know that she has all the money in the world, but I feel like she's she's not hurting. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Well, last on our list, Amanda, Carol Ballard is a Mm. filmmaker whose work is released sparingly but always to great acclaim, most often telling tales of humans in harmony with animals, beginning with The Black Stallion in 1979, then Never Cry Wolf, and then later Fly Away Home with Anna Paquin. Do you remember that one? I do. They were following Canadian geese. Yeah. based on a true story. Yeah, and it was filmed here, and a lot of people were in it that we know. Well... Um, Carol hasn't made a movie since Duma in 2005, but let's hope he still has another one in him. He was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1937. Great. There you go. It's really great. Lourdes, Leon, Natalie Maines, Roger Moore, a lot of great people happening today. But I just want to remind you, in case you missed it at the beginning, go eat some cake today because today is National Dessert Day, October 14th. And if you are celebrating your birthday today, we wish you the happiest and best day and just another excuse to eat more cake.